The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. 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 Today's daf is being studied by Nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied La Slachat Hayale Sabali Israel. Aomdim al Mishmar Arsenu Baal Are Elohenu. Megibuda Lebanon. Baad Levo Araba Bayabasha. Baavir Ubayam. Rekados Baruchu should deliver us. A victory from our enemies and Bezat Hashem, the residents of Eretz Israel, especially in the north, Kadosh Baruch Hu should give them protection. Kemoshin Emar Hine Lo Yanu Velo Yishan Shomer Yisrael Amen. We begin today's daf on Nun Alef Amud Lishon, and we are going to start four lines from the top. Just want to make a uh, quick summary of the uh, subjects that we discussed. On yesterday's daf, uh, our Gemara on the Amud Bet discussed uh, one question that Rabbi Al Azar asked. According to the opinion that says the part of Yom Kippurim of the Kohen Gadol is considered a korban yahid, is it subject to the rules of Timura or not? Again, Timura would mean that you're able to transfer the kedushah of the animal to another animal. And that second animal would indeed be Kadosh. So the Gemara went back and forth to try to understand what's his question. Uh, if it's a Qurban Yahid, seemingly for sure it's subject to the laws of Timura. And the Gemara said, well, it's a Qurban Yahid, but it's affecting a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are getting Kapara. Aharon, his family, Bene Aharon, the tribe. So therefore, since it's a collective korban, or it's a korban with shutafut, or there's a partnership in the korban, so therefore there was a side to say that maybe it's not subject to timura. Or how do you look at the partnership? Maybe you look at the partnership as a floating partnership, as the Gemara called it. Meaning, Aharon, or the Kohen Gadol, is the one that's getting the kapara, and they're just tailing on to his kapara. But it's really the Kohen Gadol. They're just, uh, it's just that they're floating on the uh, Kohen Gadol. And therefore, it's really considered a Qurban Yahid legitimately, and therefore there's uh, room to say that there would be Timura. That was the Nabi Azaz back and forth. At the end, the Gemara brought a uh, Braita, which is the main proof to this subject. Basically, the Braita says, there's two types of Qurbanot. There's a Zevach, and there's Timura. <coughs> Zevach is a regular Qurban. You sanctify an animal as a Qurban. It can be one of three Qurbanot. It can be a Qurban Ola, it can be a Qurban Shilamim, or it can be a Qurban Hatat. Those are the three different types of 
Zevachim that are applicable Ben Biyahid, Ben Bisibur. There's a Qurban Olat Yahid as well as Olat Sibur. There's a Qurban Hatat Yahid and Hatat Sibur as well as Shilamim abroad as a Yahid as a Sibur. So those are the options that the word Zevach can mean. Now, the Gemara said, sometimes Zevach is more stringent than Timurah and sometimes Timurah is more stringent than Zevach. Not for you the stringencies. Zevach is more stringent in the sense that what? That First of all, you can mehalal Shabbat, it's Dohei Shabbat. Number two, it's Dohei Tum'ah, it's the Kwanim or Tame'im. And number three, you can make a Timurah and a Zevah. If you have an animal, you can transfer the Kiddushah to another animal. Mashi'en ken be Timurah. Meaning, on Timurah, any animal of Timurah is not mehalal Shabbat. You don't Dohei Shabbat for it. You don't Dohei Tum'ah, and you can't make a Timurah from a Timurah. You know, there's not a transfer from a transfer, right? Now, uh, the Gebarah then went the other way and said, Timurah sometimes is more stringent than Zebah. In which case, so let's review that, it's a very important law. The law says like this, an animal can have one of two Kiddushot, Kiddushat Aguf, which is intrinsic Kiddushah, or Kiddushat Damim. That's uh, Kiddushah, monetary Kiddushah. The difference between Kiddushat Aguf and Kiddushat Damim is, let's say have a regular Zebah. You sanctify it, it becomes Kiddushat Aguf. Now Now it became a Baal Mum, after you sanctified it. Now you have to redeem it, because there's still Kiddushah on it. When you take the redemption, you, know, you turn, let's say you take the Kiddushah off the animal, put it on money, the animal now is permissible for you to slaughter, it's permissible for you to eat it. But, since that Kiddushah goof, you cannot use the shearings of the animal, Gizot, nor can you work the animal. It's Gizrat katuf, which means something that is Kiddushah goof that you remove the Kiddushah, it remains Kadosh for certain things, even after the redemption. It remains Kadosh for the Gizot, and Kadosh for Avodah. Now, if you take that same Zebah, and let's say you sanctified it, you made it Kadosh, when it was a Baal Mum. And it was a Baal Mum to start off with. And you made it Kadosh. Automatically it has only Kiddushat Damim. By having Kiddushat Damim, when you remove the Kiddushat off, the Kiddushat totally goes off. Meaning, not only for Shaitan Akhira, but even for the Gizot, and even for the Avodah. Mashi'enken b'temurah, even a Baal Mum, you're transferring a Kiddushah of one animal to another animal. The second animal is called a Timurah. If that animal is a Baal Mum going in, and you sanctify it as a Timurah Baal Mum, it has Kiddushah Taguf. So it's more stringent in that sense than a Zebah. Meaning if it has Kiddushah Taguf, if you want to take it off the Kiddushah, you can by Pidyon, but... It will remain Kadosh Legizot, and it will remain Kadosh Ba'avodah. So that's where Timurah is more Hamur than Zeva. So the Gemara, if that was a skeleton of the Brayta, so then the Gemara said, okay, what, uh, what, what type of Zeva are we talking about? Zeva is a general word. What, what, what Zeva are we talking about? So the Gemara said, well, if we're talking about a regular Qurban Yahid, well, it's not going to make sense, because a regular Qurban Yahid is not Duhay Shabbat. And one of the things you're saying about Zebah is it's Dohei Shabbat. So it can't be a regular Qurban Yahid. Oh, so you tell me it's a Qurban Sibur Shikabu al-Ozman. Oh, very good. Sibur Shikabu al-Ozman, for example, would be Dohei Shabbat and Dohei Tum'ah. Good, but the Gemara says if it's a Sibur, it's not subject to Timurah. So we're stuck. You, uh, give me a case where you have a Qurban that's brought to Yahid as well as the Sibur that has all these three Humrot. So the Gemara says, you know what we're talking about? Par Hatat of the Kohen Gadol. Now, the Par Hatat of the Kohen Gadol is the Qurban Yahid. It can also be brought as a Sibur. You do have Hatat Sibur. 
Very good. And the par hatat of the Kohen Gadol, being that it's Kavu Azman, it is going to be Dohei Shabbat, it is going to be Dohei Tum'ah, and since it's a Yahid, it will also be subject to Temurah. So we found the perfect case of a Korban Zeva Yahid that has all three Humrot. And what does that do for us? Once already established that we're talking about a par, that answers Rabbi Lazar's question. We want to know, a par of Yaqeed, is it subject to Timurah or not? The part of the Kohen and Kippur, based on the way we're interpreting the Brayta. Yes indeed, it is subject to Timurah. The Gemara came along and rejected. Gemara said, who said, maybe we're talking about a Korban Ola? What do you mean? The Kohen Gadol and Kippur brings an Ayil Le'ola. Maybe the Zeba and the Ibrahita was talking about not, not the part of the Kohen Gadol, which is the Hattat. It's talking about the Ayil that he brought as a Yahid Le'ola. Now that fits into our qualifications. It's a Korban Yahid that can also be brought as a Sibur. There is Olad Sibur. Now, the Ayil of the Kohen Gadol and Kippur, since it's Kabu Azman, it'll be Dohei Shabbat. It'll also be Dohei Tum'af, everybody was Tame'im. And since it's a Yahid, it's subject to. So therefore, don't get involved with par. I could learn the bright that's talking about a different animal. It's talking about and uh, 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 the Isle of the Kohen Gadol. And then the Gemara goes a step further. And I'll prove it to you that you can't be talking about a par. Because first of all, I can just knock you off and talk about something else. But now I'm going to prove it to you methodically that for sure it's not talking about a par. Why? Well, the Gemara says because the bright will not make sense if it's talking about a par. Why not? Because the Vaita says like this, Zevah has these three stringencies, these Humrot, over Temurah. Now once you lock in the case that it's talking about a par of Yom Kippur, if you're going to lock that in, so what you're saying is that the par of Yom Kippur is Dohei Shabbat, Mashi'enkem B'Temurah. Meaning, if you have a Temurah of a par of a Kohen Gadol, Meaning, let's say you had the pot and you transferred the kidnus, that would be considered the timura of that animal. So, it's not subject to Hilul Shabbat. Good, we know the rule. Timuras are not overriding Shabbat. But that would imply, but during the week, you can bring it. Which means, let's say you have a hatat, not the part of going, you have a regular hatat yahid that you made a timura to. It's mashmat that you cannot bring it on Shabbat, but you can bring it during the week. Think about it, that's not so. Because the law is a timurat hatat goes limitah. You could never bring a timurat hatat. So the implication of the bright that would be wrong if you're learning is talking about a pad. Because if you're learning, you're talking about a hatat. So you're telling me, well, the hatat of Kippur, Dochai Shabbat, Dochai Tum'ah, beautiful. Masha'enkin bitmurah. What are you saying, Masha'enkin bitmurah? What you're saying is that a hatat of um, Yahid, right? Let's say. It's not going to be Dohei Shabbat, we know that, but it's Mashmah during the week, but if it's not a Shabbat, you can bring the Timurah of a Khatat. That's not so. You can never bring a Timurah of a Khatat on the Mizbayah. The deen is a Timurah of a Khatat is Limitah. Oh, so the Gemara proves that we must be talking about an Ola. We're not talking about a Khatat, therefore the Timurah of an Ola is Timurah. It's not Mechalat Shabbat, but you can bring it during the week. Gemara says, no, I don't have to say that. I can really tell you we're talking about a part. Oh, how you tell me talking about a par? When we said Timurah, don't think we meant the Timurah of the animal we just talked about. When we say Timurah, we mean general terms, Timurah. 
And the Vraita can be read like this. The part of the Kohen Gadol, which is a Hatat Yachid, is Doche Shabbat, is Doche Tumah, and is subject to Timurah. Masha'ekim bitimurah, meaning not the Timurah of a Hatat, in general terms. Anything that is Timurah is not Doche Shabbat, not Doche Tumah, and uh, you cannot make a Timurah, the Timurah to. Meaning it's not only on the specific case where you're going to start making an implication that is problematic. No, meaning, <coughs> you'll never find, at least by any case of Timurah, and to make a Timurah. So it was not specific the word Timurah. So comes the Gibra says, oh, you want to generalize the word Timurah? So generalize the word Zebach. And then when it says, this Chumrot by Zebach, don't learn it specifically by the Par, just say, the rule by Zebachim is by things that you made Kadosh. Well, you have some of them that are Duhay Shabbat. That would mean if it's Kavua Zman. As well as Duhay Tum'ah. And they're also subject to make Timurah. But you just like you generalizing the second part of the bright And generalize the first part of the bright And again, what do, you, what do you lose by generalizing now? Now you have no proof of any parts. Our whole thing is we try to bring this bright I'll prove you that a part of the Hatat of the Queen Gadol is subject to Timurah. No, 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 now we're generalizing everything. We're not specifically talking about one Qurban. Qurban's conclusion was, you can't generalize Zebah. Where you, where you can generalize Timurah, you can't generalize the word Zebah. Why? Because the end of the Braitha is going to be problematic if you're talking in general terms. Why? Because the end of the Braitha said, meaning, I'm sorry, Timurah is more stringent than Zebah. How? The Gabeh Kedushat Aguf and Kedushat Yahid that we explained. That you could make a Kiddushat goof even by a Ba'almum of Timurah. Masha'in ken, but Zibachim. Now, if you're talking about general Zibachim, it's not so. Because there are some Zibachim that also, when they're Ba'almum, you can make Kiddushat goof And they are Ma'asir and Bekhor. Meaning, Ma'asir is the tenth animal that you have in your uh, herd. Right? It goes through the uh, gate, and you brand it as the tenth, it's considered Ma'asir. Even if that Ma'asir Behemah, is a Balmum, the Kiddushah goes on it, Kiddushat Aguf, and therefore when you redeem it, it remains as Suda Giza and for working. So there, and another case, Bechor, because the firstborn animal, let's say from the, uh, from the sheep. Now what happens, the firstborn animal is Kadosh, even if it comes out of Balmum, as Kiddushat Aguf. So therefore, if you're talking about a general terminology, it's not going to make sense. You can say, Tiburaz Mohamud and Zebah. It's not so. General Zebahim, also some of them, also have the same mood that what is Kiddushat to go by Ba'amun. So you have to say it's specific. You have to say, L'gabeh hatat, it is more hamur. Meaning, the Timurah is more hamur, L'gabeh hatat, and it says that Timurah, if you sanctify Sinat Ba'amun without Kiddushat to go, Masha'enken, the hatat. That's correct. If you take a regular Qurban hatat, and you uh, sanctify when it's Ba'amun, uh, it's not going to have Kiddushat to But if you use general terms in the general umbrella of Zebah, there are some animals that also have the same rule as Timurah. You cannot say Timurah as in the general uh, Zebahim. So therefore the Gemarat concluded, therefore we're back to the understanding that the word Zebah and the Braita was a part. And it can be talking about the part of Yom Kippur of the Kohen Gadol. Very good. And what does it say in the Braita? Subject to Timurah. Oh, that's already an answer for the B El Azaz question. Now we begin the Gemara on the Aleph. Ulrav Sheshat. According to Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat was the rabbi that wanted to learn the Braita that was talking about the Ayil. 
that was talking about the ayil that Kohen brought on Kippur, ayil leola. At the mukimla be'eloshil Aaron, he gave us an option to establish the word zebah and the brighter. That was talking about the ayil of Aaron that he brought leola. Lukme be'pesach. For the same logic, you could have established the brighter that was talking about. Korban Pesach, what are you looking for? You're trying to find a Korban Yahid that's Dohe Shabbat, Dohe Tum'ah, and you can make a Timurah. Pesach has the same qualifications. Now you'll ask, why is Pesach better than what he said? I mean, bottom line, he gave one example. So he, he, you say, go, say Pesach. What's the difference? Bottom line, he, he found a good example. So Tosfot points out because by, the, by Pesach, Korban, it says the word in the Torah, Zevach. So therefore, since the word of the Braita is Zevah, it would be better to use the Qurban that the Torah specifically calls a Zevah. The Torah does not call the Qurban of Aaron, of the Ayil on Kippur, a Zevah, even though it is a Zevah, but doesn't call it that. So therefore, use a Qurban that the Torah specifically uses the word Zevah. So therefore, the Gemara says, the Doheta Shabbat, we know Qurban Pesach is Doheta Shabbat, and it can also make a Timura. So the Gemara says, the Qurban because it's considered a private Qurban. And we know anything that's a private Qurban, it's subject to Timura. So get Sheshat. Why did you jump to Ayil? Give a case where the, the Brighter may be talking about a Qurban Pesa, which has all the ramifications. Comes again, what else is Kasavar? Technical problem. Rav Sheshar holds, and Shokhatina Pesach ala Yahid. If you remember, we looked at Masikh Pesachim, there's one opinion that says you cannot have one registrant on the Qurban Pesach. You have to have at least two. And they learn it from Pesukim. Oh, so what's already you have to have at least two registrants on the Qurban Pesach? It's not a Yahid anymore. Meaning it's not subject to Timurah. Because we know it's partners. And we know that any time you have partners on a Qurban, like we learned, there's no Timurah, so that cannot be the case. So the Pesach is knocked out from a technicality. Which means, yes, it's a Qurban Yahid. Yes, the Qurban Zuhay Shabbat is the Tumah. You can't make a Timurah on it according to the Shashat. Why? Because he holds like the opinion that says you need at least two people on the Qurban. Let's just read Rashi for a second. Kasabar in Shuhatin Pesach ala Yahid. That's towards the bottom. Right? He learns the Pesach, you're not allowed to store the Pesach Be'echad, meaning with one. Right? Once already he is his partners, so there's no Timurah. So the Gebra asks, Alright, let's, let's go talk about Pesach Sheni. Which we, we know if a guy was Tamir the first Pesach, right? So he has to bring a, you know, he has the option to bring a Pesach Sheni. Now, the Chaurah Pesach Sheni, since it says the word Bimu'ado by it, Zuhay Shabbat, it'll be seemingly, and this is the discussion now, the coming of Gemara, it'll be Duhay Tum'ah, and also, since you're allowed to bring it as an individual, you don't need it to bring it as a partner, so therefore it would be Temura. So say the case was talking about Pesach Sheni. So the Yabra says, Mi Hold it. A Pesach Sheni, could you bring it? Betum'ah? I mean, one of the Humrot we're saying is what? That this Zeva you can bring Betum'ah. Can a Pesach Sheni brought Betum'ah? We know Pesach Rishon, if the majority of the people are Tameim, it's Dukhe. But can Pesach Sheni be brought? Why? The Yabra says, 
Amar le Ravuna be Rabbi Yoshua le Rava. That's it. So the Gemara says, "Mi dachet tuma." It's not dachet tuma. Therefore, that's why you cannot pick Pesach Sheni. Amar le Ravuna be Rabbi Yoshua le Rava. Vetana maishena Pesach dekari le Korban Yachid umaishena Hagiga dekari le Korban Sibur. Now, if you remember in the Mishnah that we had on Nun Amud Rishon, yesterday's daf on Amud Rishon, there was a writer that said like this, Korban Pesach was considered a Korban Sibur. Now, why would we consider Korban Pesach, I'm sorry, we considered Korban Hagiga, a review, Korban Hagiga, that's the Korban that the people brought under the Galim. We consider that a korban sibur. We put that in the categories of korban siburs. We said, you have par he'alim davar shel sibur, you have the sa'id of avodah zarah, and you have hagiga. So why is hagiga considered a sibur? Seems it's brought by the individual. So explanation is because it's brought with throngs of people. It's brought at it, you don't bring it alone to the Beit HaMikdash. At the time you're bringing your hagiga, there's thousands of people in the Beit HaMikdash also bringing hagiga. So the Gibraltar says, for the same logic that you call hagiga a sibur, because of the populace at the time that they're bringing it, so Pesach, Korban Pesach should also be called a Korban Sibur. So as we learned in the second Pesachim, the whole Azara was filled with people at the time they brought the Korban Sibur. So therefore, if that's your uh, 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 qualification of Sibur, so the Chaurah Pesach also qualifies. So that's the Gemara's question again. So I read that inside. Vetana, the Tana of the Mishnah, Maishina Pesach, the Kari Le Korban Yahid, Umaishina Hagiyah, the Kari Le Korban Sibur. Imishum, the Atebikinufia, if you're going to tell me, because Hagiyah, Comes with throngs of people. Pesach nami ate bikenufia. Pesach also comes with throngs of people. So the Gemara says, Ika Pesach sheni delo ate bikenufia. It's referring to Pesach sheni because Pesach sheni does not come with throngs of people, obviously, which means it's only brought by the individuals that were tameh. So when the Mishnah says that Pesach. Is a korban yahid that's referring to Pesach Sheni. So comes again what says. Comes again what says. Amar le. So the Gemaran says. Ravuna. Bered Rav Yeshua says. Imken. If you're saying that the bright was talking about Pesach Sheni, yehed dochet a Shabbat veet atumah. If you're calling it already a korban yachid, Pesach Shini, you're calling it a korban yachid, right? Because it's brought by an individual. And we know that it's bound by time, because the Pasuk says, Bimu'ado. So seemingly it should be Dokhe Shabbat, because Bimu'ado. It should be Dokhe Tum'ah. And the question that is, um, over there we said, uh, that what? It indeed, it'll be Dukhay. Right? Shabbat and Tumah. So the Gebra says again, Amar leh imken yeheh Dukhay ta Shabbat veta Tumah. Now we know that the Halakha is not like that. Halakha says that Pesach Sheni is not Dukhay Tumah. But again, according to what you're saying, because if you remember that Mishnah that we learned above, one of the things that we said in the Mishnah when we were trying to categorize Korbanot, we said if it's considered a Korban Sibur, or it's considered as a Korban Yahid, that's Kavu'a Lozman, 
What do we say about Qurbanot that are Yahid, that are Qabu al-Azman? It's Duhay Shabbat, and it's Duhay Tum'ah. So you can say, well, if you classify Pesach Shini as that Qurban, Yahid, that's Qabu al-Azman, it'll be Duhay Shabbat, it'll be Duhay Tum'ah, but hold it. We don't hold like that. Which means there's the opinion of the rabbis that hold that Pesach Shini cannot be Duhay Tum'ah. So how can you say that? So Gabbana says, Amalein. Says, yes. There's going to be opinions that will indeed hold that Pesach Sheni will be Dukhe Tum'ah. Keman de Amad Dukhe. Following the opinions that hold it's Dukhe. De Tanya Pesach Sheni Dukhe Ta Shabbat ve'enu Dukhe Ta Tum'ah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Af Dukhe Ta Tum'ah. So it comes out we have a great Mahlok et Tanaim legabe Pesach Sheni. Some opinions will say yes it is Dukhe Tum'ah. And some opinions say it's not. So the author of the Mishnah above that wanted to say that uh, it is uh, not Dukhe, will be found in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And the opinion that wants to say it is, is following obviously the Tanakama of this Braita. Kamara says, my Tama, the Tanakama. What's the logic of Rabbi Yehuda of this Braita over here says, Af So the Braita that says, of the Mishnah that says above, the opinion. That hell, that it's Dukhet Tum'ah, it's following the Biyuda, and the opinion that said it's not, it's following the Tanakama of this Braita. So comes the Gabbana and says, My Tama the Tanakama, what's the logic of Tanakama that says Pesach is not Dukhet Tum'ah? So he's a simple logic. Amalach, Mepene Tum'ah Dehito, Yaaseb Tum'ah. The whole reason why you give him a chance to do Pesach Shini is why, because the first time he was Tameh. Now you're going to let him bring it in the second time Tameh? The whole reason why we let him take a, a makeup is because we don't want him to bring a bitumah the first time. Now you're going to let him bring a bitumah the second time? So he holds, Pesach, she's got to be done bitada. What does the other rabbi say to Biuda? Amar Necha, Amar Kera, the Pasuk says, Kechol hukat a Pesach ya'asu oto. Pesach Sheni models all the laws of Pesach Rishon. Va'afilu bitumah. Which means if it's modeling all the laws, just like Pesach Nishon can be brought Betum'ah sometimes, when you have majority of Klai Yisrael Temeim, so too will say, when, when you're allowed to bring Pesach Sheni, meaning when you have the minority of the people, or the, the minority of the people that weren't able to bring it, let's say, so we're going to tell you can also be brought Betum'ah. So the Kechol Hukweta Pesach connects the Pesach Nishon, to the Pesach Shini, again, can Pesach Shini be brought with Tum'ah in some cases? Yeah, we have Roh of Tum'ah. Now, if you don't have Roh of Tum'ah, right, if you have, let's say, Mi'ut Tim'im, so they're pushed. So just like there was a case where Tim'im would have been able to be bringing a Pesach Shini Berov, so therefore when you allow Pesach Shini to be brought, which is Yad Mi'ut Tim'im, so therefore we'll allow you to bring it with Tum'ah as well. Okay. So Kamsi Gamaran says, the Torah would rather him bring it betahara, which means the reason why we're letting him do a pesach sheni is to try to bring it betahara. He was tamei pesach rishon. What do we tell him? Wait till next month. Why? The Torah wants to bring it betahara. Lo zaka. But if he didn't have the zechut to bring it betahara, yaasenu betumah. So he doesn't miss the mitzvah. In totality. So let's keep in your records a very important machloket the Gabi Pesach Sheni. Can Pesach Sheni be brought with Tum'ah or not? That's machloket Tanaim. Okay, the Gemara now goes back to the B. Uh, El Azar's question on the last daf. That's what he was question. B. Azar's question was the Qurban 
par hatat of the Kohen Gadol on Kippur, is it subject to Timura or not? What was the Safek of his question? How do you look at the Kapara of the other Kohanim that are enjoying Kapara from this Korban? Do you say that when the Kohen, so to speak, bought the Korban, he bought it as a partnership for everybody else to get Kapara as well, therefore it's considered like a Shutafut, and therefore there's no Timura? Or do you say no, he bought it for himself, and he gets the Kapara himself, but I got him... Everybody else takes on and gets a kapara as well, but that way we consider the kurban yahid. That was the bil azal safik. So the Gibraltar was trying to find proofs. Is that timurah? Is it not timurah? The Gibraltar said, hold it. Why don't you solve your uh, dilemma from the following uh, verses? Why? The tipukle proved to us over here that what? Proved to be the azal or azal that what? That the kapara is agav. How? The asher lo amar rahmana. Three times in Parashat Acharemot, when it's talking about the part of the Kohen Gadol, it says, Asher lo, Asher lo, Asher lo. Again, that belongs to him, that belongs to him, that belongs to him. Why? So the Gebra says, Mishelo humevi. To teach me, he brings it from his own money. The first Mishelo teaches us that it comes from his pocket and not from the pocket of Sibur. Yachol, lo yavi mishel sibur. Yeah, maybe you'll say, yeah, the sibur doesn't pitch in. Why? She ain't a sibur with kaperimbo. Because they don't have the haylik and the kapara. However, aval yavi mishel echad ha-kohanim. But maybe his brothers, the kohanim, pitch in. Why? Share echad ha-kohanim with kaperimbo. Because the brothers, his kohanim, do have a haylik and the kapara. Tamud omar, asher lo. So the second asher lo comes along and says, not only the sibur doesn't have a haylik, but even his brothers, the kohanim. Don't have the haylik. Yachol, lo yavi. Maybe you'll tell me, like at the brothers don't have to pitch in. Vimevi kasher. But if they wanted to donate with the avad, the kurban will be kasher. Tamud obar shuv, asher lo. Shana katuv alav le'akev. The fact that the pasuk a third time says asher lo teaches us not only that they don't have to donate, but they can't donate. So it comes out, the only one that's allowed to pay for the par atat of the Kohen Gadol is the Kohen Gadol himself. Again, the first Ashchid law knocks out Sibur. Yisraelim, regular people. So I can argue, I say, okay, I understand why they're knocked out, because they're not connected to the Kohen anyway, they're not getting kapara. But maybe the brothers, the Kohanim, they got to be in. Because again, Ashchid law, it's got to be his. Right? So you knocked out even the brothers, Kohanim. So now you come along and say, yeah, but maybe it means they don't have to pitch in. But if they pitched in, meaning they went partners with it, it's okay. Asher Lord, third time we're telling you it's Ma'akiv. They can't pitch in. Oh, so now the Gebarah says, if that's what the Asher Lord teaches us, according to this logic, that you want to tell me that the brothers are only getting kapara, you know, derech agav, that the other kohanim are just getting floating on the kohen gadol's kapara. Echav kohanim idelav dekanu begave. If you tell me they don't have a chilek in the kohen gadol's animal, hechi mechapelu. Which means you're telling me they didn't pay a penny. They didn't, uh, there's no partnership really over here. How could they get a kapara at all? If you're telling me that the Kohen Gadol and he buys it, he buys it for them. As here you tell me no, So the just asking, how is that? How does it work? Where a Kohen buys the animal himself, they have no halik in it, but somehow 
they're able to be dragged in the kapara. Ela, what do you have to say? Shani begaza the aharon. When it comes to the treasury, that's begaza is the bet otzar, the treasury, the aharon, which means that part that he pays for for himself, the afkere rachmana gabe echav kohanim. You have to say hadushir. God, Bore Olam, is mafkir the korban, meaning he makes it ownerless in the sense that it belongs to everybody else as well. Which means, even though it was paid by the Kohen Gadol himself, and nobody else will partnership. You have to explain the mechanics here. If they have nothing to do with it, how are they getting kapara? So you have to say, Bore Olam, in such a korban, he opens the korban up, it's a spiritual uh, thing here that Borei Olam has to open the Qurban up somehow that other Qurani will get Kapara. So the Gebara says, So once you're saying that that's the way it works, I can say, maybe regarding the laws of Timura as well, Maybe since Borei Olam, is opening it up to the rest of the brothers, the Kohanim, so therefore maybe it's considered a shutafut already. God makes it a shutafut over here. And therefore, and therefore the question is back. Which means, let's, let, 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 let review what happened over here. Nabil Azhar al-Safiq. Nabil Azhar al-Safiq. Is it Timura or is it not Timura? Salvatore means, Vadai is Timura. You know why? Ashirlo, Ashirlo, Ashirlo. He's paying it himself. It's coming from himself and all that. So, the Chaurah that shows you that is a Qurban, Yahid. So, comes the Gabbana and says like this What's your Safik? For sure it's Agaf. For sure it's Agaf. Gabbana says, No, maybe it's not Agaf. Because, how is this working? You have to say that Borei Olam, or somehow when the Quran buys it himself from his own money, somebody's calling him getting kapara. And what do you have to say? Borei Olam, so to speak, partners them with him. That's Afkere Rahmana. Or the Torah, Borei Olam, he partners the other Quran. Oh, once you're saying they're partners, the the kapara, that's already going to affect the... Timurah. So that was the question. How does the mechanics of the Kohanim's kapara work? If you're telling me it's just Agav, fine. But it's hard to say that Agav because the Chaurah, they have no Halik in it. They have to say that somehow they're, they're in. Once Borah puts them in, maybe that makes them uh, partners. I want to make them partners, and they're not Timurah. So therefore the Gemara leaves it in Safik again. And now we go. So again, the Bilhazah did not answer his question. That question remains in abeyance. According to one of them. Correct, right, that was not conclusive according to Rav Shishat. So his question still remains. But we had one derech in the Braita to answer the questions. This, this is true. Okay, next Mishnah. Now we discuss the Kohen going into the Kodesh Kodashim on Yom Kippur, as we know, to bring the Ketoreh. So Gebrat is going to give us the configuration of what it looked like. Mehalech Baichal. The Kohen starts, the Kohen Gadol starts to work in Hechal. Hechal is the Kodesh. Let's just remember in our brains the configuration of the Beit HaMikdash going east to west. In the east you have what's called the Azara. That's where you had the Mizbeah HaChitzon. As you're walking west, you enter an antechamber called the uh, Ulam. Beyond the antechamber you had an area called the Hechal. That's the Kodesh, that's where the Menorah is, that's where the Shulchan is, that's where the Mizbeah HaPinimi is. And then as you walk do west, you get into the Kodesh Kodashim. Now we know there was a curtain uh, separating, in the first Beit HaMikdash at least, a curtain separating between the 
Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. The Gemara now uh, today is going to discuss this curtain or this wall that's separated between the Kodesh Kodeshim. Kodesh and Kodesh Kodeshim. So it says, Hayam Alech Ba'Echad. The Kohen Gadol walks in the Echad. That's in the Kodesh. Ad Shemagia Leben Shte Haparochet Hamavdilot Ben Hakodesh Uben Kodesh and Kodeshim. Until he gets to the uh, two parochets, the two curtains. That's separated between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodashim. The Gemara is going to say, according to this opinion, there were indeed two curtains. Now, how does it work? <coughs> the curtains obviously were drawn uh, north-south. Because we want to block the Kodesh Kodashim. Now, what it's going to say is like this. You have one curtain going, let's say, north to south. And at the south part, it's folded in a little. So the Kodesh could walk, walk through it. And then there's a curtain behind it that's going south-north. And on the north side, it's opened a little, so he can go through. So he walks, let's say, through the south. He walks exactly. He walks through the south, and then he walks the whole south north, and then he cu- cuts into the the north side. Now the Gemara is also going to tell us that there was a space, a gap between the two curtains, not only for the kohen uh, to uh, walk through, but we'll see that there was reasons why they had a space between. Now comes the Gemara. Comes the Mishnah says. Between the two curtains, Amma. There was the shi'ur of an Amma. Practical purposes, we'll say an Amma is, let's say, two feet. Okay? Rabbi Yosef says, now, there was only one parochet over there, Tosfot points out, and it was thick in Amma. He didn't have two. <coughs> the Pasuf says you have a parochet, one, not two. So it's a very important mahloket. Again, we're talking about over here Bayit Rishon. In Bayit Shini, there was a wall uh, separating uh, the Kodesh uh, Kodashim. But in Bayit Rishon, the discussion over here is uh, was it one uh, curtain or was it indeed two? Curtains. Now wait, comes the... I, again, I, 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 I stand corrected. In Bayit Sheni, you had Parochet. And in Bayit Rishon, you had a wall. The Gebra is going to explain, because in the Bayit Sheni, you had a very tall uh, ceiling. And since the wall was very narrow, it's only like an Amma, it would be very hard to construct a narrow wall very high. In the first bit of Mikdash, the ceilings were not as high. So therefore they used uh, uh, a wall. Bayit Rishon. Again, I stand corrected. Bayit Rishon was the wall, because they were able to construct it sturdily. Masha'enkin and Bayit Shida had uh, 40 Amma ceilings, so you can't build a wall that's very narrow, 2 feet, and build it 40 Amma high, 80 feet high, it's not going to go. So therefore they used a curtain instead. We're discussing in our Mishnah Bayit Sheni that had the curtain. Comes the Gemara and says, Shapir Ka'amalu Rabbi Yosil Rabbanan. Hey, Rabbi Yosil's got a good uh, contention against the rabbis. You got a pasuk. Vevdila ha-parochet. Right? Torah calls it a parochet, which is one curtain. The Rabbanan ha-amrilach. Rabbanan will say, Hanimile ba-mishkan. Yeah, what's that pasuk to Chirubat? That's the mishkan. That Moshe Rabbeinu built. They have one parochet. Avad b'mikdash sheni, right? Kevan de lo hava'e amma teraksin. 
since in the uh, second Beit HaMikdash, uh, you did not have an amateraksin. Amateraksin is a wall built of stones that was the width of an amat to separate, like you had in Bayit Rishon. You didn't have this amateraksin. Again, amateraksin is the ama wall. Thick. Thick. You didn't have that in the Bayit Shini. Why? Like I told you, because the ceilings were too high. Look at uh, Rashi. Amateraksin, kakniklit. That was the wall that separated the Kodesh to the Kodesh Kodashim was called Amat Teraksin. Now they changed that from Mea. You got to change that to Mem Amma. Okay, 40. It was only thick in Amma the wall. You can't make a two foot thick wall. 80 feet high, it'll, it won't be sturdy. So you make it thicker. You can't do it. Shalomah says, all the measurements that God gave him were exactly uh, to scale. And therefore, it wasn't, uh, you weren't able to come along now and you know, widen the wall in order to give it stability. So therefore, they used a curtain in the second Beit HaMikdash. And that Pasuk was referring to the... Mishkan. So Kavzik Yavaran says, Obemikdash Rishon Hu Dehavai. Which means you only had the Amateraksin, this stone wall in the Bayit Rishon. However, when they came to build this curtain, in the second of the Mikdash, Yavaran says, Estapeka Lehud Rabbanan Bikdushateh. The rabbis had a safik. We know where the Kodesh Kodashim is. We know where the Kodesh is. But this thickness of an amma, of the wall, how do you consider it? Is it Kodesh, or is it Kodesh Kodeshim? Again, beyond the wall is Kodesh Kodeshim to the west. Beyond the wall to the east is Kodesh. That's not a sefik. But there's a wall that has the shiur of an amma. Obviously, it had a door, obviously, that you could enter it. Now, that thickness of the amma, was it? Is it Kodesh, or is it Kodesh Kodeshim? They didn't know. So what they do, the Gebarah says, Is it considered like inside? Hence it would be considered Kodesh Kodashim. So therefore, parochot. So what did you do? You made two parochot. You made one parochet towards the east, and one parochet towards the west, and you left an amma in between. In order that you, you leave that area as safek, which is you can't annex it to the Kodesh, you can't annex it to the Kodesh Kodashim, you leave it exactly it opened. Because we don't know exactly where the border is. We don't know if the border is towards the east or towards the west. So therefore, by building the two curtains, you're able to enclose that Abba and leave it. Because if it's Kodesh Kodashim, we don't want anybody walking into it. Right? So then we got we got to... Close it off. So again, like I told you, they put two curtains going across with an amma in between. Comes the Gemara and continues. So do we mean agrees to that? Are we understanding? Now, the Tosfot Yesharim has an interesting point there. And I'll, I'll read it. He says, V'la'asot rak parochet ahat panim why don't you just make a uh, one curtain towards the inside, towards the west? Well, that we understand why not. Because if that Amma is considered Kodesh Kodashim, the Kohen might unintentionally might walk in that area during the year, and you have a problem. So then he says, 
Why don't you make one parochet towards the east? Just you know, block it off totally. So he says, When he goes into the Kodesh, he going to do his work. He might stand on that Amah when he's doing the work. And if that Amah is Kodesh, he didn't do the Avodah. So therefore there's no option on you know, putting the curtain towards the east. You're right, by putting the curtain towards the east, you stop the Kohen by unintentionally walking and roaming into the Kodesh Kodashim. But, he might not be in when he's in. He might be standing in the Amah area when he's in, and therefore it's, he didn't get in, so therefore the only option is, you got to box off that area by the two curtains. No, the banana. We have a brighter. Ben HaMizbeyah LaMenorah Haya Mehalech Now we're giving the, um, the path that the Kohen took as he walked through the Hechal into the Kodesh Kodashim. So the first opinion says, now let's, remo- let's get the configuration of the, of the Hechal that he's in. You have the Mizbeyah HaPinimi, that is in the center of the Kodesh, drawn out a little towards the east. And then you have in the south, the menorah, south side menorah, north side shulchan. Now, he's got to get to the Kodesh Kodashim. So what's his path? So the first opinion says, Ben HaMizbeyach, he walks around the Mizbeyach HaPinimi, la menorah, towards the south side. Okay? So it's again in front of the menorah. Okay? Walks around the Mizbeyach HaPinimi, south, in front of the menorah, Towards the Kodesh Kodashim. Hayam Malik, the Vedere Biyuda. The Bi Meiromer Ben Shulchan Lamizbeach. He says the opposite. He goes around the Mizbeach Penimi, north side. We'll see the opinions in a second. Again, so one rabbi says he walks towards the south side, and one rabbi says he walks towards the north side. Ve'yeshomrim Ben Shulchan Lakotel. Some says, yes, he walks on the north side, but if you remember, we learned the Shulchan was two and a half amma off the wall, off the northern wall. It wasn't flush against the wall, so there was a little area you could walk behind. So the third opinion says, he walked on the north side behind the Shulchan. Okay, now the Gemara is going to explain all three opinions. Man Yeshomlim, who's this Yeshomlim over here? Amar of Hazda, Rabbi Yosehi. It is the opinion of Rabbi Yosehi. The Amar Pitha Basafon, because he learns the there was one curtain like we learned in the Mishnah, and the fold meaning the opening was in the north, so therefore it makes sense that he enters on the side of the north, right? Basafon Kaye. So technically, he was really head on to the opening. When you're walking behind the Shulchan, you're directly in front of the opening of the Kodesh Kodashim. Whereas Rabbi Yudah will say, no, the opening was on the Darom. Now, Rabbi Yudah is the opinion that there was two parachot. But remember how they, how they were. One was going north-south, so that was the original entry point on the south side. So his original entry is on the south. Then he walks all the way to the north. And then he enters on the second curtain on the north side. So according to the Be'udah, you have to enter from the south and the area of the menorah. Okay, so each one's following his opinion. Now the Gemara says, According to Rabbi Meir that says, he walks between the Shulchan and the Mizbayah. Which means, he doesn't walk behind the Shulchan, 
He's walking in front of the shulchan. So what does he hold? Keman svira le. Which opinion? Which means if you hold that it's in the south, so for sure you're on the wrong side. If you hold it's in the north, the opening, so walk behind the shulchan. You know why are you walking in front? You're not directly flush in front of the opening. So the Gemara says, you should enter like the on the south side. If you're that's on the north side, walk straight in front of it. What's, what is he zigzagging? What does he got to walk in front of the Shulchan? You know, so comes the and says, He really holds like Rabbi Yosef that the entrance is in the north and it's one curtain. But the Bimi is going to say, you weren't able to walk in front, in the back of the Shulchan. Why? Shulchanot Safon Vidarom Munahim. If you remember, we looked at Masikha Chekalim, that there were ten other Shulchanot besides the major Shulchan that Shalomah Melech constructed. And they were placed on the northern side of the Beit HaMikdash. Now, how were they positioned? It's a great mahlokit. How were they positioned? Let's assume we're going like this opinion that said they were positioned north-south. Now figure it out. You have the shulchan on the northern side. Okay? Now, to the uh, in front of the shulchan, on the sides of the shulchan, going north-south, starting at the wall, you have five tables. Each table is two amot. Two amot, table in front of it, table in front of it, table in front of it. So it's ten amot, okay? Starting at the wall. So bottom line, the wall is blocked. You can't walk down the wall behind the shulhan because you're gonna get it. You're gonna get blocked by two rows of of other tables. Now, the reason why you had to put them there, <clears throat> why don't you just put them off the wall a little, just like you put the regular shulhan off the wall a little to an fma? Put those off the wall a little to an FMA so you have a little area. Because the law is the shulhan must be in the north. All shulhanot in the north. Now, we know that the width of the hekah was 20 amma. So therefore you got to get to the halfway point. So by putting it against the wall, it's perfect. Everything is north. Once you go one amma off the wall, already the last shulhan is in the south. So therefore there was no option but to put the shulchanot flush against the wall, and therefore you're blocking, you're blocking the end of the, uh, the path. So therefore that Bibi is going to say, you got no choice but to walk in front of the, uh, of the uh, shulchan. You cannot walk behind it. So comes the Gemara and says, Nifseka le shulchan. According to the opinion that says it was north-south, the shulchan is blocking. And therefore he's not able to enter. I'll give you another answer. i really tell you it was east-west, meaning it was going the length of the Beit HaMikdash. Therefore, the wall side was opened. So if the wall side was open, why not walk straight down? So he says, Mishum Shekhina Lav Orah Hey, you're walking into the Shekhinah's area now. It's not Kavot to walk head on, facing the, the Kodesh Kodashim. And his eyes now are looking directly at the Kodesh Kodashim. It's at Derechir, it's at Kavod. So therefore, even if there would be room, let's say, for him to walk, still it would not be kavod for him to, uh, to walk in that way. Now, comes the Gebaran says, Vira Biyose, Vira Biyose, you say you walk head on. 
Right? You walk on the northern side, straight into the Kodesh Kodashim. Abadecha Havivin Yisrael Shelot Tzlichan Ekatuv Shaliyah. God loves B'nai Yisrael. And you know how He shows us His love? We don't need a Shaliyah. Every Jew is able to go and pray to Borei Olam directly, and Borei Olam answers all our tefilot. And therefore, certainly the Kohen Gadol, he's very Habib, he's very endeared by God, because he's the representative of Kai Yisrael to bring the tefilot up. And therefore, Borei Olam, to show that endearment to the Kohen Gadol says, Walk straight in like a person's walking to his house. Walk straight in. That's a sign of the endearment that Borei Olam has. Good. Okay, now the Biyudah that says, the Biyudah that says, the entrance of the Kodesh, because he was on the south side. So he said, what did you do? You walked around the Mizbeach Penimi, in front of the Mizbeach, in front of the Menorah, then you zigzagged into the... So he says, what do you mean? Walk behind the Menorah. Walk on a direct... Direct line, the wall, and menorah. So he's that, and you can't answer and say, because you're going to see the Kodesh. You're not going to see the Kodesh, because there's a second curtain behind it. Right. So therefore the Gebara says, very practical reason. Meshachare maneh. We don't want him to uh, dirty and blacken his clothes from the menorah. No, because the menorah has got smoke. So therefore, if he's going to walk at, at the wall, today he's very close to the menorah. So the smoke of the menorah is going to get, get on his clothes. The soot. So then we tell him, walk in front of the menorah. And that should be pointed out, and she just says this on the bottom of the Amud Bet, which we know this already, that she's saying, according to the opinion, uh, let's say, uh, Rabbi Meir, right? That said, you're going on the Safon side, right? So you have the Shulchan. So he said, you go uh, around the Mizbeah, Pini Mi, and you just go uh, straight, according to, to, to one opinion, right? go straight. According to the According to the Mi'ir. You don't walk against the wall. That's the Biyoseh says you walk against the wall. You zigzag. Now, he asked, how could you zigzag? You have the Mizbeah blocking. The Mizbeah Pini Mi is blocking between the Shulchan and the Menorah. So as we know, it was not blocking. Because we know that the Mizbeah Pinimi was drawn a little out towards the east. Because we know the Menorah and the Shulchan had to see each other. They had to be moved. So therefore, don't worry about the Mizbeah Pinimi blocking his uh, path. It was really drawn out to the uh, east. And then was able to zigzag around the Mizbeah Pinimi. According to the Mi being in front of the Shulchan. According to the Yoseh, behind the Shulchan. According to the Yehuda, in front of the Menorah. Each one according to the respective opinion. Amen, amen.